we've been told to minimize these special and unique things about ourselves. It's not good. I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of doing that and I'm tired of our people doing that. What up, Black man? Welcome to the Beneficial Black Man podcast, where we focus on helping Black men to overcome mediocrity, to become beneficial for their community by discussing faith, creativity, personal development, and mental and emotional health management. I'm your host, Jamile Cal Penn. How you doing out there, Black man? How you doing? Finding time for an emotional release valve, protecting your mental mental, and are you taking steps to continue to become beneficial? Are you? Are you? Anyways, so in this episode last year, I did a kind of like um like sort of a year in review kind of thing in preparation for me turning another year older. I'm kind of doing that again this episode. But what I wanted to focus on is like the one thing that I feel like I learned in this previous year. The way that I think I'm going to sum it up is to trust your melanin, to trust your melanin. There's two parts to this, right? I'm days away from turning another year older. I'm going to be 34 uh, this month and I'm grateful. I'm very, very thankful to the Most High for allowing me to be able to see another year and to make it another year. And I'm looking forward to the many more years that he has set for me. And I'm going to do my best to live as long as possible and do as much good and beneficial things while I'm here walking this earth. One of my uh, older brothers in the faith um, who had passed away a few years back, whenever I hadn't talked to him in a while, he would eventually call me and check in. And he was like, yeah, I'm just checking in to make sure you're still walking in the land of the living. And I love that. I appreciate that one, that he would check in on me, but also just that that concept, like to be alive is a beautiful gift. Sometimes we can take it for granted that if we wake up in the morning, it's a blessing. It really is a gift to be able to have today, to be able to have the present really is a blessing. And I don't want to take it for granted. And I don't want to um, minimize how intense that is. Like really, how intense that is. The fact that you have life, the fact that you are either watching me on your phone or on your TV or on your computer or whatever, you are blessed. Even if you're going through the hardest crap right now, you are blessed because you have another day. You have another day to navigate the highs and the lows of life. You have another day to choose to be beneficial. You have another day to live for glory and for good and to find some joy to motivate you throughout the day. You have another day. Don't take that for granted, yo. Like, sorry, this this, this isn't even on my notes, but like, don't take that for granted. This life that we're given is to be used, is to be enjoyed as well, but we, we need to make the most of it. And I think part of making the most of it is living out a beneficial life, making sure that we are in alignment and walking in our purpose and walking in our design and really <laughs> summon it up to trust trust our melanin. Another way that I would phrase that is to trust your heart, is to kind of trust yourself. As of this recording, I'm days away from turning 34. And again, I praise God. I praise you for that. And if I had to sum up the one thing I learned and could take away from my year, my 33 year is to trust your melanin or to trust your heart. And it, it's kind of a layered explanation, but it connects to several ideas. One, that we're supposed to listen to our hearts. And two, as black people, melanated people, we have a unique and spiritual gift and design that we should lean into and trust. And so first, I'm going to share a clip from a lecture that was given by Dr. Layla Africa. Layla, I keep getting his name wrong, but Dr. Africa. You can look him up. I'm sure you can find him on YouTube. He's passed, but he has a lot of great content, a lot of books. And I even think, um, I think his daughter is still creating content and doing, continuing his work that he was doing. But he has a lot of helpful information. And in this particular lecture, he's talking about how melanin really is like our superpower and it makes us different. 
as black people. And so this is something that we need to know as black men. Like, of course, we look at ourselves and we think, oh yeah, we physically are different from the other people around us because of our pigment or whatever, right? But it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. And I'm going to leave a link to this lecture in the description. But the clip that I wanted to share, I think is really, really important because when I heard it, it made so much sense to what I believe why the way that I am and even how our people are the way that they are. I'm sure if you watch this clip, maybe you'll see see yourself in it and see some connections. So this is a clip from Dr. Africa talking about melanin, but also the unique spirituality and uh, power that we have as black people. Open development and how this thing occurs, how this whole thing is set in motion by the way you bond, because bonding is something that melanin facilitates. That's why a black person cannot have an intellectual thought without a spiritual thought being attached to it. Because melanin clusters things. It causes a community, causes a family. Melanin clusters information. So you can't have an intellectual thought unless there's a spiritual thought attached to it. Not if you're black. You just do it but automatically. Oh, Jesus, I dropped my pencil. You instantly attach something spiritual to things. You cluster things. You cannot have intellectual thought without a spiritual thought. You automatically attach spirituality to things. Automatically. You listen to Elvis Presley say, yeah, it sounds good, but that boy ain't got no soul. Attaching spiritual value to it. It didn't have, an, it was technically correct, but it didn't have no spiritual value. Therefore, it's not correct. The first thing you say, I don't know what it is, but if I can't see God in it, I don't see it. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I mean when I say you're attaching spiritual value to it. If you don't see God in this thing, you don't see the thing. Melanin causes you to cluster that information like that. You've got to see the God value in this thing. That's being black. That's being melanin. But we've gotten away from that. Because we've been trained to be away from that. We've been trained to go against our own nature. If you fight in your own nature, you're going to lose. You know how people fight their own nature. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Let me just talk to you. You know what I'm talking about, right? People fighting their nature. Suppose a lady straightens her hair. Then she go out in the rain. Is her hair going back to Africa? Yeah. Right? She's going to lose that battle because you're fighting her own nature. You're going to lose. So the objective is to keep you fighting your own nature. It is your nature to be spiritual. It is your nature to be family. It is your nature. It's in your genes. That's what we talk about. We talk about a little strip called DNA with a strand of melanin. That's how we talk about things. We take a little bit of this DNA string off and we call it a gene. A gene is a particle of a melanin strip known as DNA. DNA is melanin. What are you studying? Melanin. What have you ever heard? No melanin. Last time I talked about it, the guy said, what kind of watermelon is that? Melon? I, I ain't never ate no melon. I, I ate a honeydew melon, but a watermelon. melon. I said, where am I at? Where am I at? I'm in Grand Rapids. Excuse me, I didn't mean no harm. So in that clip, Dr. Africa is breaking down again. The, the whole lecture is really, really good. And he's talking about the importance of melanin and really for us to understand how vital this molecule, this element inside of us is and how it helps us tap more into the spiritual, tap more into our God self, if we want to call it that, you know, and it's very specific that we're designed that way. 
It's very specific that I was designed the way that I was designed. All right, I'm gonna tell you a little story. <laughs> Sorry. Like there's a, there's a lot of thoughts going on here and it's actually kind of making me feel a, a little emotional. As I've told you before, my name is Jamile, right? And the way it's spelled is J-A-M-I-E-L, right? So before I was born, my mother had the intention of naming me Jamil, J-A-M-I-L. But because of some timing issues or whatever, apparently one of her coworkers at the time ended up using the name Jamil. And so my mom, being my mom, and being like, I'm sure a lot of moms are, is like, no, my baby is not going to have the same name as some other baby. <laughs> so I'm going to make my baby's name unique. So she decided to drop an E in there. So it then turned into Jamile, J-A-M-I-E-L. I don't know if you've ever, maybe you, you millennial uh, brothers and sisters out there <laughs> have had these experiences. Like if you go to a mall and uh, there used to be these kiosks where you could kind of buy these things that would uh, either you would find your name and you can buy it, right? You know, keychains or whatever. Or they had these things where you could um, kind of buy a printout of what your name is and what it means, right? So both my sister and I, we have unique names, at least at the time, as we thought. My, my sister's name is definitely very unique because it was made up. But, it, but anyways, whenever we would go to these kiosks or whatever, looking for our names, we'd never find them. We'd never find them, never find them on keychain or anything. And whenever we'd get those printouts, it would be like unique name, doesn't know, we don't know the meaning of it, whatever, 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 right? And so for my name, for a long time, the understanding of it was it was Arabic, right? So it was a derivative of Jamal or Jamil. But over time, eventually, as I kept looking up, you know, because you can Google search, what does my name mean? One day I Googled my name in expectation for what the, the standard thing I always saw, which in Arabic, uh, my understanding is one, somebody told me, one Uber driver told me one time that my name is one of Allah's name. I never heard that. That was new to me. But it means like handsome or beautiful, right? So it's like, okay, cool. I'll take that. My name is means handsome and beautiful. I'll take that. It's a blessing, sure. <laughs> but eventually, like I was Google searching my name. Don't know why, but it just came up. And I was Google searching my name and a different definition came up. And it kind of caught me off caught me off guard, right? I was like, okay, this is new. I've never seen this before. And it was a Hebrew definition. For my name now at this point, it was like right hand of God or right hand fellowship of God or something like that. And it kind of makes sense. Like if you take away the J and if you're looking at their, you know, Hebrew letters or whatever, whatever, it would be Yah Mi El. So Yah in itself is God. And then the same with L. I'm not sure what the me, the in-between, what the man would be, but my name is specific. And even in my mom making an effort to change my name for it to be unique, I believe she was finding, following the divine intervention of the Most High, because my name is specific for me. Like God gave me that name, even though my mom named me like the same thing with all of us, like all of you, your name, even if it is John or something like that, something that it doesn't feel like it's special. You're given that name for a reason and it works out in your favor. And I say all that to say, tying it to what Dr. Africa was saying, like even in our design, even in our biological design as melanated people, as melanated men, we are given a unique design and have been given a unique call that requires us to lean into that melanin, to trust that melanin, to trust that spiritual, supernatural, powerful self, powerful aspect of ourselves that honestly we have been told to quiet down or told to ignore or told to not trust. We've been told to minimize these special and unique things about ourselves. It's not good. I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of doing that and I'm tired of our people doing that, black people. I'm tired of us covering our lights because the thing is, and again, I'm off script. <laughs> I got to stop doing this. This world loves the light that we have to shine, whether it's our physical beauty, our physical ability to do stuff, our minds, our creativity, 
our passion. This world likes to take all of these things, likes to glorify it, likes to commodify it, likes to use it, likes to mimic it. But it doesn't want us, especially here in the States, it doesn't want us to actually thrive in it. This construct, this matrix does not want us to own and thrive and flourish in our melanin, in our power, in, in us, in our essence, in who we are, in who the way God designed us to be. It wants us to cover our lights, to be quiet. And I, I'm grateful because I, I feel like the most highest hand, stop being quiet. I gave you that name for a reason. I gave you that melanin for a reason. I gave you your desires, your passions, all of those things, your gifts for a reason. Use them. Don't quiet them anymore. Don't shut them down. Don't suppress them. Don't limit your creativity. And it's necessary, I believe, as men, as we're becoming beneficial black men, we have to lean into that. We have to trust our melanin, trust the, that gut, that feeling, that that sense that we got. Even, even with the emotions and feelings and stuff that comes with it, that knowing that we get, we got to lean into it. We got to trust that aspect of us that has been given to us. And I'll also say trusting our hearts. Speaking as a believer person, I, like, I, I wrestle with the name or the title of being a Christian, but as a Christ follower, it's a person that has been raised in church, more or less, and, uh, but has chosen to follow Jesus. We'll go with that as a Christ follower. Very often um, within Christendom, within Christianity, very often we, we've been taught the verse, Jeremiah 17, 9, which reads, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Which very often, as a believer, especially if you're a young believer, when you hear that, that gives you no reason to trust yourself. Because anything about your heart tied to you is like, well, this is bad. This is wicked. This is desperately wicked and it's deceptive. It's terrible. With that, we conclude that we aren't supposed to trust anything that comes out of us. But then there are verses like Proverbs 16, 9 and Psalm 37 verses 4 and 5, which highlight the heart and its importance in man's life. So what is it? Which is it? Is the heart so wicked that we shouldn't trust it? Or have we been listening to teaching that sounds super religious and holy, but it's taking us away from being who Yah has designed us to be? These are questions I'm asking myself, you know? I know for me and my walk of Christendom, being a Christ follower, I've done almost everything I can to shut down the parts of me that I believe weren't of the most high. Whether it's the movies I like, the music I enjoy, the things I have an affinity to, if it didn't automatically line up with scripture or couldn't be turned into a ministry, I saw it as something to cut off. During this year of life, from 33 going on to 34, I've developed a, a different perspective on the heart, my heart, and on how Father Yah wants me to engage with it. This is what I believe. Sure, our heart, which consists of much more than just emotions, I believe it's also connected to our thoughts and our will. Our heart symbolically can represent our soul, which is made up of a mind, a heart and a will. But because of the fall of man, yes, our hearts, our souls have been, become marred. But that doesn't mean everything about it has been totally corrupted or it's totally worthless. And maybe that's for me, that's where I depart from certain Calvinistic beliefs. Yes, we all need the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I believe his blood is there to redeem and purchase us, purchase the good things the Father designed in us for his glory and for the good of others. There are pieces of us God desires to save, redeem, renew, and purify for glory and for good. But if we believe all of us is totally whack and worthless, why would we believe God wants any of it? Why would God want any of it? If any aspect of us in our heart, in the things, the unique things about us, aspects of our soul, of the way that we laugh, the way that we feel, the way that we respond to injustices and things like that, even before getting saved, 
if we think all of that is terrible and absolutely bad and not, you know, God doesn't want it, why would he save us? You know, and I mean, again, these are just questions that I'm asking. What I'm concluding or what I'm coming to is that God wants what he created before the foundation of the world, before the marring effects of sin. And that includes your heart, your soul, all of the things that make you, you. I believe we've been taught on extremes. And I'm saying this, I think this is generally in the society, but especially within within the Christian faith. Like we've been taught on extremes that has led to confusion. We have these opposing views of conservative and liberal who push and pull you from the sweet spot God designed for us. Like you have religious fanatics who will throw out Jeremiah 17, 9 about your heart being uh, deceptive and desperately wicked. And they'll throw it at you and keep you from listening to and appreciating what the most high put in you. So yeah, you may have some thoughts, you may have some feelings, you may have, you know, your heart is telling you something, your gut is telling you something, but you hear that verse, Jeremiah 17, 9, over and over and over and over again, or you hear worship songs that say, less of me, less of me, less of me, and like, let's get rid of all this stuff and, you know, just just give me you, God. While on the other hand, we're encouraged to flee from any structure of authority to be truly free. So you have really extreme beliefs that like, we don't need religion or structure or any of this stuff, we're just gonna go off of vibes. And then you have more conservative, super conservative, whereas like we don't want any feelings, we don't want any emotions, because everything about us is wicked, da, da 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 whatever. The problem with that is that I really believe God created us to operate in the middle where you have both. And the thing is, I, I believe that the devil is not only in the details, but also in the extremes. Like he doesn't want you to be in that sweet spot where you're walking by faith and you're having an intimate relationship with God and that you're just being all of who you're supposed to be and moving as the spirit leads you. He wants you to either be so steeped in religion that you can't even hear God, or you can't even hear the stuff that he put inside of you to recognize the desires that he's put in your heart or those unctions that he gives you, or you're so far gone that you're not listening to anything. You know, both sides can be deafening, I guess is the point that I'm getting at. I do have to keep in mind that part of the salvation process, salvation in Christ comes with a renewed and regenerated heart, mind, will, and soul, which is important. Even if you have been saved, if you're taught still that the part of you, your heart, your gut, all of those things, even if it has been renewed, if you're taught that it's bad and that you shouldn't trust it, that it's desperately wicked, I think that's a problem. Personally, I feel like I've, I've been hurt by that and I've been deceived by that for a long time. Our hearts are supposed to be engines and drivers to help us to live out our purpose and call. We're supposed to listen to the inklings and nudgings and resonances the Most High designed us with to move towards and even away from the things that aren't for us. As we lean into that driving force of our soul, we then are supposed to let the Most High guide us and direct that energy, those desires to the right place. It's the sweet spot, the right balance that helps us to fulfill our destiny and live for glory, for good, and for joy. I've stopped myself from living like that. I honestly believe that. And I think it's true. I've, I've, I've stopped myself from working hand in hand with God, with trusting my melanin, trusting my heart, I've done that for at least 10 years of my short life, which kind of sucks, <laughs> which kind of makes me angry at, at times. And the thing is doing that, not trusting my heart, not listening to my gut. For me, I can be very analytical and be very stuck in my head, you know? Um, so I can be in situations where I freeze because I'm trying to analytically, analytically and logically look at things and determine things and try to process things because that's kind of like what I've been taught, not to just use my gut. I was having a text message chat <laughs> with, with one of my brothers about responding emotionally to um, certain situations. Because uh, at times when I'm in, I guess, intense circumstances or like conflicts or arguments or something like that, 
my my natural response thus far is the freeze. So, you know, you have fight, flight, freeze, fawn. I freeze and I'm trying to work through that. But the thing is, I know I wasn't always like that. I wasn't always the freezy type, um, but I had some experiences that I feel like led me to, again, not trust my heart, to tell it to be quiet and to just focus on how can I logically execute things? How can I f- punch punch and crunch the numbers in a most effective way? That That doesn't always work. And that's not always the most beneficial thing to do. And I think that's part of, you know, growing with our mental health and our emotional health. Like you need both. You need your heart. You need your mind. You need all of your soul to be a healthy, vibrant, living, even happy human being. You need all of it. And when you don't, when you turn off one or don't use the other or whatever, you're hindering yourself. You're hindering yourself from being beneficial. You're hindering yourself from being full human being. And that impacts our relationships. That impacts the work that we're trying to do in the world. It impacts us just enjoying life. And the thing is, turning off and not listening to my heart because believing that it was desperately wicked and I shouldn't trust it and I shouldn't listen to anything and nothing that comes out of here. No, I'm just going to go off of strictly what makes the most logical sense. And then if it's in the Bible, that's it. I'm not going to have any other feelings that even if I wanted to ask God, all right, well, what do you think about this? And help him, ask him to help lead me and guide me, you know? It's just, nope, we're not going to do any of that. But that hasn't served me. Like as much as I I, I want that religious method methodology to effectively work for me, it hasn't. Jesus works. Absolutely. Absolutely. The most high is all powerful. He works. But my belief and what I have been thinking has impacted the way that I behave, even the way that I see him, all that. And it's been out of whack until I would say recently, you know, so it's, when I do that, it lead it, it living that way has led me to sh- wrestle with doubt, wrestle with a lot of fears, a lot of second guessing and hesita- and hesitation. It has kept me from adventuring to places with greater opportunity and success. And I would say more than anything, it's led to me being in a depressed, melancholy state. It's put me in great mediocrity, where I'm not living in vibrant excellence, where I'm not living a full, bright, colorful life. I'm just stuck in this gray because I was so afraid of listening to my heart and so concerned about living righteously that I could see how God wanted me to live right. You know, like I wasn't making room to understand that God speaks to us and uses our emotions and our feelings and our heart just as much as he uses our mind. No, I don't think I've committed any super heinous sins or crimes or whatever, but I do believe I've been living a lackluster life, not listening to this heart, this soul that I've been given, this melanin this aspect of me that's unique and specific to me. It's aided in me being a man with a double mind, unstable in all his ways, because I couldn't drive this life, this vessel effectively. I've had one foot on the brake and the other one on the gas while shifting gears between drive and neutral, sometimes reverse, all because I didn't think it was a good idea to listen to that inner me, to this heart I've been given. I get the advice and encouragement when it comes to the area of purity regarding your heart. I understand that you will have some desires that can lead to sinful acts, sure. But deeper than the sin, there is a motivation there for something that just needs to be directed to a righteous place. As an example, as people, but as men, sometimes you wrestle with pornography and masturbation. It's a thing. And probably even more of a thing now because, you know, cell phones, smartphones, internet access, it's it's ridiculous. I'm scared, if I'm being honest with you, I'm scared to have kids figuring out how to navigate that stuff because there's so much stuff you can just be exposed to. But like, sometimes it's it's deeper than just this natural desire to get off or whatever. It's like, no, I'm lonely or I'm stressed or, 
you know, it could be a variety of different reasons. And you turn to this, as I, I talked about this in the previous episode about like having vices as outlets. We need to listen to our heart. We need to listen to those desires. We need to examine those emotions and feelings because they're signposts. They're letting us know that there's something going on. But again, if you're constantly quieting your voice, quieting that part of yourself and saying, no, no feelings, no emotions, nothing, nothing. That's not helping you to be whole. You're just putting yourself in a box and you're trying to figure out stuff. But when you put yourself in that box, yeah, that's going to lead to depression or anxiety or like building up stuff that just explodes at the wrong time. No, we need to listen to all of this. We need to listen to the thoughts. We need to listen to the feelings. We need to pay attention to all of our soul and ask for help how to navigate it. It's important. And for me, this has been a very interesting year. Uh, a lot of reflection, a lot of questions, a lot of internal dialogue and challenges. And I know I still have a lot to learn on my journey forward. But the one lesson I pull from 33 is to trust in your heart. At least listen to it. Pay attention to the beats and rhythms of your soul while ultimately submitting them to a higher standard and will so that you can live for glory and for good. So listen, listen to your heart. Pay attention to what's going on inside of you. Don't just ignore it. Even if that means... I got these feelings, I got these emotions. Let me take it to a counselor. Let me take it to, to an older brother or somebody. Can I get your thoughts on this so that I can help navigate it, so that I can continue to grow, so that I can continue to be healthy? You know, it's important. If you are like me, or I would say earlier me, <laughs> earlier in the year, if you're like me, that idea of just trusting your heart and just listening to your heart and paying attention to your emotions and feelings and your, your inklings and all that stuff, that can sound scary. Because again, I think even with the stuff that we see online about what is considered masculine and things like that, it's always deemed as logical. Everything is logical. Logical. I was talking to my pastor a while ago. We jokingly talked about that. Like we saw some similarities with each other. It's just like, yeah, there were times where we felt like he had to be like Spock from from Star Trek. You know, like everything just has to be logical. It has to like compute. It has to make sense. In this space and online and in this culture, in this society, we're told like that's that's what that's how men are supposed to be. Just always logical. Everything has to be exact. Everything has to be perfect, perfect, perfect. Like your humanity and your manhood is way more than that. It's way more than right angles. You know what I'm saying? Like it's way more than that. So yeah, it can be scary to be like hear the advice. Like no, listen to yourself. Feel your feels. <laughs> embrace your emotions. Embrace whatever is happening in your gut. Don't strictly just depend on what the mental computations are. No, like there, there's some other good stuff going on here in your soul. You need to pay attention to it. Even if that's not scary, you can be even worse. You can, you may have forgotten what your heart even sounds like because you've been listening to so many other voices for so long and you've told yourself to be quiet so much that your heart, it's, it's afraid to speak up. You know, and that, you know, that happens. This is my theory. It happens to a lot of guys, especially when they get their hearts broken from previous relationships, whether it's in high school or whatever, they get their heart broken or they get let down by somebody they really cared about. And I get it. It's a response to say, you know what? To keep myself from ever getting hurt again, I'm just going to shut this down altogether. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm just going to shut it down. And that leads to choosing the quote unquote logical approach to things. And I think a lot of men do that and it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's not good. I'm sorry that you got dumped in high school or I'm sorry that you were rejected by the girl that you had a crush on. I'm sorry that maybe your parents weren't there for you. And I mean, again, this is the, the, the important part and vital part and vital reason why we need to get counseling, why we need to get therapy, because we need help processing and unpacking those things. But the answer isn't to close off and put a brick wall around your heart out of self-preservation. 
because you're actually, you may think you're preserving yourself, but you're not. You're freezing yourself at a point in time. But the thing is, we're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be living, supposed to be moving, thriving. But you are just really crippling yourself and putting yourself in what Jason Wilson calls emotional incarceration. And that, that's not helping us. That's not helping you on an individual level. And it's not helping us in our community. But I get it. Nobody likes pain. <laughs> Nobody likes to be hurt. Nobody likes to be rejected. But we have to get to the place where we make space so that our hearts, that part of us, our emotions, that our soul can speak up. You need that voice. You don't only just need logic. You need the emotions and all that stuff too. You need that. You need that passion. You need that fire to become beneficial. And the thing is, I need it too. And I've been neglecting it. I'm trying to sit still more and listen to what's still there. Because I think I've gotten to a place, I, I had gotten to a place where I pushed it down so much that I couldn't even really hear it or listen to it or even make space for it. So yeah, I'm working on sitting still more and listening to what's still there, whether it's through meditation or journaling or paying attention to my emotions and natural natural reactions to things. Our fallen and broken hearts can certainly be deceitful and wicked, but I believe there's still something redeemable there. If there wasn't, I don't think God would be interested in saving us. That's just my thought. We have to learn to trust our hearts again. And again, at least listen to it. At least trust the gut. Learn to listen to the gut. Learn to listen to your melon. Learn to listen to that, those unique things about you, like your heart. Learn to listen to it. And then also learn to submit it to righteous things or, or submit it to a better standard. And that you can get that help to identify what that is by going to therapy, asking older brothers you know, that you respect and look up to. Could be a pastor, a minister, or whatever. People that you see that, men that you see who are being beneficial and who are living well. Our hearts, our souls, this aspect of ourself, it's, it's beating and burning inside of us for a reason. Don't silence it out of fear, judgment, or the opinions of others. Our soul, our heart is there to work with our spirit, with God's spirit, so that we can live well. All of that is supposed to be working together so that we can be beneficial for ourselves and for others and for God's glory. So take time, you know, like even while you're doing your emotional release valves, pay attention. What am I saying? What is my heart saying? What is my soul saying? What's happening inside of me? You got to pay attention to that stuff. Don't ignore it. You got to make space for it. Give that part of you voice again. I'm trying to, and I know I need to so that I can be better, so that I can be continue to become beneficial. Because I know if I don't, I'm going to be stuck in great mediocrity. I'm going to be stuck in a place where I am not living my best life. I'm going to be stuck somewhere where I can't serve others well. I'm going to be stuck somewhere where it's easier for depression to take hold of me. I'm going to be in a place where I know I don't want to be. So black man, I encourage you, listen to your heart. Start to learn how to trust that gut again. Trust that soul. Trust that melanin. Black man, you're called for more than mediocre living. You're here for a purpose, to live for glory and for the good of others. Let's do the work and keep choosing to become beneficial for our community. I believe in you. Until next time, go make something for yourself, of yourself, and for glory and for good. Find time for an emotional release valve. Protect your mental mental and keep becoming beneficial. Peace.